You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under once more. I'm your host, Ed Henderson, and I hope you enjoyed that series of, what was it, The Christian and Alcohol. So we're going to go from beers to bullies. That's right. Today we're going to be talking about bullies, not in the traditional sense, but the protected bullies of today. When I was a kid, like most kids, I had to deal with bullying. I had the classic, hey, give me your milk money, kid, or we're going to beat you up. That actually did happen. And I just remember thinking, this is mine. How can you just take it? Before I knew it, the uh, two kids were fighting me. I was trying to hold on to my money. Best recollection, I did hold on to my money. The thing that really stands out in my mind was all of us had to go to the principal's office, and my parents were brought in. Yeah, parents were actually involved with school one at one time, and people were held accountable. But I could not understand how I was being held responsible for something I didn't do. It was my money, and uh, I was minding my own business. What I'm trying to say is, you know, after that time of fighting these bullies, uh, they never messed with me again. I guess it would be a call as to who won. I, I might give it to them. I didn't win many fights. I got my ass kicked a lot. I won, won a few. But one thing I can tell you, if you were looking for a fight, I wasn't going to be your daisy. I wasn't just going to lay down. I remember when we first moved to South Florida, my little brother came in the house and he was just crying and uh, come to find out some kid down the street beat him up. I know my brother very well to this very day. He's a very mild-minded fella. He pretty much stays in his lane, does not cause any problems for anybody. So I marched my little butt down to meet this chain-smoking, probably multiple failure, probably held back six or seven years in school. Very intimidating, but I stood right up there, people, and I got my ass kicked once more. I came home with a black eye. But as the first story I was telling you, he never messed with me or my brother. I guess I was just very fortunate to be dealing with very lazy bullies because they didn't want to put in the work and the effort that it took to either take your stuff or intimidate you or put you down. I think they felt like it was much easier for people who would just easily lay down. It has never been my nature to do so. So one thing I didn't have to deal with, I think I handled most of my bullying situations personally, which I preferred to do it that way. But I think always in the back of my mind, I felt like what these bullies were doing were not right. And if I ever had to reach out to an authority, whether that be a teacher, or a principal, my parents, I felt like I could do so and I would not be demonized for doing so. But Today's bullies are a little bit different. They're in a protective class, and I've been thinking about this for about two weeks, and the reason it came to my attention was I was recently in Costa Rica, had a wonderful time, by the way, and met some new people that I consider friends now. Uh, As we were sent down for dinner at the end of the day, one of the wives started telling me a story of this gay gang, if you will, that was terrorizing other kids, bullying other kids, and the kids felt totally helpless to respond to them because they felt like they would be called homophobic. The the parents felt the same way. Now, I have to tell you something. If it was my child, I would not give a chubby monkey's butt if they were gay, trans, hetero. I would not give a 
damn, I, if it had gotten to a point where I felt like my child was endangered or was becoming depressed over it, I can promise you I would not care what your pronouns are, what you call yourself, what you identify as. I would address it. I promise you that. So I was I was intrigued by this whole protected bully thing, and I wanted to try to develop the idea because I do believe that it is alive and well. It lives in cancel culture, and everybody that supports it, it, it thrives within the wokeness of our current day society. There's probably many examples that I could bring forth that would show this, uh, stories that I hear coming from college campuses, but I wanted to focus on one story that is pretty current in the news today, and that is a young swimmer, 22-year-old Leah Thomas. Leah is a swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania. You might be thinking I'm getting ready to say something about transsexuals. This is not a this is not about transsexuals. It's about the bullies that promote a false perception and expect everybody to snap in line when there's something so obvious wrong. Now, Leah is a uh, swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania, as I said. She competed for I think three years as a man, as a man on the uh, men's team. I've read various uh, articles in different magazines that place her anywhere from the mid 400s to the mid 500s in her ranking as a man. It's respectable. I mean, just the fact that she made the men's team uh, shows that she is performing at the highest level of athletes in swimming. But when compared to her counterpart. He would have been ranked somewhere in the mid-400s to the mid-500s, but he transitioned to a woman. Now, the best I can tell what transitions means here, I mean, he looks just like he did uh, as a male. He still has his male genitalia. There were hormone suppressants that were given to him that would lower his testosterone down, but obviously he has benefited greatly from coming through puberty with that testosterone because he is absolutely smoking his female competition. Just to give you an idea how bad he's crushing his competition, look at the Zippy Invitational in Akron. She comes in 38 seconds in the 1,650-yard freestyle. Comes in 38 seconds, people, before her next competitor. When people are competing at the top of their sport, you can usually expect them to be a lot of times divided by fractions of a second, tenths of a second. And yet, Leah is coming in 38 seconds before the next competitor in a 1,650-yard freestyle event. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unheard of. I'm not trying to make Leah out as being the bully in all of this. She's not. It is my personal opinion, and I'll go ahead and say my conviction. I blame woke culture that is responsible for this and uh, the fear of parents and organizations to stand up for what's right for fearing of the ramifications of doing so. And I'm trying to be respectful of Leah and how she identifies, but the NCAA has a target of uh, 10 nanomoles of testosterone per liter of blood, biofemales typically have between 0.5 and 2.4. According to Mount Sinai Medical Center, 
it's typical for a male to have between 10 and 35 nanomoles of testosterone. And they cite, just like the NCA is recognizing that and stating that females typically have between 0.5 and 2.4 nanomoles per liter of blood. So, I mean, that's, that's an incredibly unfair advantage. Not only did Leah have the ability to uh, come through adolescence as a male with all that testosterone, she even currently, under the standards, can have as much as 10 times as much testosterone as her next competitor. Even if the female is at the higher end at 2.4, that gives her almost five times. If Leah was a biological female and she was showing these kinds of levels of testosterone, I believe somebody might test her for doping, right? And she's just absolutely killing. It's not a really an event. People are not going to these Ivy League competitions trying to see who's going to win the competitions in the uh, female swimming events, they're going to see how many records Leah can break. I mean, it's, it's not a competition. It's more of an exhibition is what it is. These are not women's swimming events. They're the Leah Thomas exhibition swimming event. People are going to see not who's going to win, but to see what kind of records Leah is going to break. This is not fair to her teammates or the opposing team that she's uh, competing against. It appears at surface that everybody is overwhelmingly supportive of Leah competing against females. But there is a large reportedly amount of people anonymously who have made comments who are too scared to come forward. They're scared because they're worried about their daughter's future and being able to get jobs. Uh, If they're working for some company that really pushes the woke culture, Their name gets out there in print. Who only knows? It might cost them a job or a career. So this is where I'm going with the whole protected bullying thing. Because like I said, when I was a kid, I always thought if I ever had to take it to the next level, nobody would ever approve of anything that was unfair or somebody that was bullying somebody. And I'm not saying, again, that Leah is bullying anybody, but it's this whole culture that's built around her that is bullying everybody. Let me let me share a story with you real quick. Love telling stories. One of my favorite stories from childhood was the emperor and his clothes. And if you've never heard it, it's a great story. You're probably not allowed to tell this story in school anymore because I, I think of it as a direct attack on woke culture. But there was this king at one time and he loved his fine clothes. He cared about the clothes that he wore more than he did about his kingdom, his soldiers or anything that was going on. He's get these. He's got these two swindlers that come up that introduce themselves as being great tailors and able to make finer clothes than he's ever had. He buys right into it. And so they go on to tell him these, these clothes are going to be so fine that if you're not smart, if you're, you can't do your job, if you're stupid, then you will not be able to see these clothes. They will look invisible to you. And so the, the king, the emperor, he's very intrigued by this. He goes ahead and gives them, uh, I think, a lot of money. He gives them the finest fabrics that he's got, silks and stuff, and they put all this on their bag. I imagine they cash that in down the next town on another uh, scam that they were pushing. But they go about making these clothes. The king's wondering what's going on, so he spent, he sends his wise, wise man down there to go check it out. And the wise man goes down there already knowing that if I can't see it, then I can't do my job and I'm, I'm stupid. I'm, 
I will not be looked at in the same light. I might lose my job as a wise man. So he's a little apprehensive and the two tailors say, hey, what do you think about these awesome clothes? And very apprehensively, he says, well, they look great, look awesome. He goes back to the boss and he says, hey, everything's going really, really well. The king sends other people down there to look. They always they always come back with the same story. Yes, they're the most wonderful clothes that I've ever seen. The king goes down there and he realizes he can't see it. But his court basically has went down there and everybody's seen it and says it looks incredible. So he, what if they start thinking that he can't do his job as the emperor? He goes ahead and bites the bullet, takes their word for it, sets up this incredible procession and he walks out in front of all the people of the town in this parade. He's got people behind him acting like he's, they're carrying the, the trails of his uh, robe. Until they go by this one child, this one child yells out, hey, he's naked. He doesn't have any clothes on. And the father says, hey, uh, listen to the child. He knows what he's talking about. I don't know what happened to that kid. I think if that happened today in the United States of America, he'd be sent away to some type of re-education camp until he could see everything that the emperor said he could see and everything that his court said they could see. It wouldn't change the truth one iota but he would be taught the proper response in certain situations. That's the way I look at this whole story. Is I will leave the whole transsexual thing out of it, but as it comes to this competition, this is a man competing against women. If that little boy could have that type of confidence, I know it was a fairy tale, mind you. So often it's kids in that innocence who have to say the obvious when the adults have been so conditioned to respond in a certain way. So back to Leah. Leah has been competing her entire life as a male and in her very first year competing as a female swimmer, she becomes number one. Isn't that something? She's competing against other women that have been a woman, a woman their entire or a female their entire life. Can you tell how confused I get talking about this? They've been female their entire life as swimmers. And in the very first year, Leah just comes out and crushes them. It makes me think of Dave Chappelle pointing out that Caitlyn Jenner was called Woman of the Year. Her first year being a woman in her 70s. And I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly how he said it. A woman in her 70s beats all you women, and he didn't say woman, is much funnier. All you women in Detroit, he displaces you and becomes the best woman ever. And goes on to say that he's never had a period. How can that be? And so I, I can't do Dave any justice. Go over to YouTube because it's absolutely hilarious. But, you know, some of the best comedy is truthful. It points out the sillinesses and, and the, the hypocrisy. Dave went to go on to say how the people at Netflix felt threatened and they needed a safe place to work. And he was the only one not allowed to come into the office. Who's being threatened? Who's being ostracized? Whose free speech is being canceled out who's being intimidated here so that's where i'm getting at we have a culture that actually protects certain kind of bullies dave says that it is the corporate and corporate interests i would go ahead and add that it is the cancel culture is people like blm l sharpton 
uh, most social and major news media outlets. A lot of your major universities are indoctrinating kids into this 1984 mentality. I'm not a big fan of people making anonymous comments. I think you should come forward and uh, state who you are. But this does come from credible reporting places like the Washington Post, uh, Washington Examiner. The Washington Post reported that one of their reporters, Susie Weiss, was contacted by a father who was willing to go on record and after doing so, the mother calls up and begs her not to ruin their child's life by mentioning the father's name. The Washington Examiner reported that none of Thomas's teammates have spoken on record about their opinions on the matter, though some have chosen to do so anonymously to voice their concerns. She compares herself to Jackie Robinson. She said she is like the Jackie Robinson of transports. One of Thomas' teammates told the Washington Examiner last week. She laughs about it and mocks the situation. Instead of caring or showing that she cares about what she's doing or what she's doing to her teammates, she's not sympathetic or empathetic at all. Leah never addressed our team. She never asked it if it was okay. She never asked how we felt. She never tried to explain how she feels. She never has said anything to us as a group. She never addressed anything. Uh, that's very male-like. If, if a male has met all the criteria, regardless if somebody thinks it's fair or not, and evidently Leah has, I will say that on her behalf. She is operating fully within the sanctions of the Ivy League, and we'll see what happens with the NCAA. But the best I can tell from what I've read, Leah has done nothing but taken advantage of the situation, which... Nothing illegal has been done here, but to mock and, and compare herself to Jackie Robinson is, is kind of bizarre. Parents, if your child is being treated unfairly, that should be your main point. You should protect your child. That is like, is that not like one, if not the top priority is your child's safety, that they're being treated well? You know, there's more than just Leah involved with this. I don't know what the answer that I didn't create that rabbit hole. But what I'm telling you is those other young ladies are being treated unfairly and they need to be given their due consideration. Also, they deserve their due process. Also, I don't know what the answer would be. I don't know. Maybe she competes and swims alongside of them and, um, uh, they treat it as some type of exhibition. There's some type of asterisk, but the, the females competing should be who are awarded those trophies. And she, biologically, she's just not a female. That's not Ed just talking. You take, you take Leah in front of any doctor, have an exam done, and a doctor's going to tell you that's a male. Science is going to tell you that is a male. Not only is it science, it's showing out in these uh, swimming competitions. So, Let's see what happens in the uh, NCAA. That's a whole different level, and there might be a competitor that's really worked her butt off all her life to be there and may not take too kindly or lay down, as we were talking about earlier. You can't be laying down for a bully. It just continues to get worse. And I, just for clarification, I'm not calling Leah a bully, but it is kind of odd that she is an athlete and knows about competition. I would think that a top-rate athlete would be all about fairness and there's no way in the world that Leah can look at this as being fair. 
and I'm coming up on about 26 minutes. We'll see how many minutes I got when I've got it edited out. Hey, I'm trying to uh, get a some type of social media. I did not want to open a Facebook. Do not like Facebook, but I, I think I'm going to have to go through either Facebook or Twitter because I think that's going to be a good way for us to communicate. So keep your heads up, your ears open, and let me figure out. Maybe before I edit this, I'll talk to my wife tonight, see if she can help me with that. Hey, let me tell you one more story before I get out of here, okay? This is a funny story because we're talking about uh, the new culture we live in. I'm an old dude. I was built in the 60s, so I don't I don't operate like the new model. So give me a little bit of give me a little bit of love when we're talking, okay? But I was just recently at the doctor's office and the young lady that was helping me out, she asked me what my sex was. And I don't know. I was just in a very strange situation. I just started laughing. I was laughing uncontrollably, you know. And she looked at me. She says, I'm so sorry, but I've got to ask these questions. I'm like, I know you've got to ask these questions, but uh, let's do this. I'll tell you what, I'm going to trust you so much that you get my sex right and my prepositions, my pronouns, whatever the hell you got to do to work in this new culture we live. I said, I'll tell you what, put down whatever you like and I'm going to live with it because you look smart enough. I believe you're going to make the right call. I feel the same about the situation we're talking about today. Surely there is somebody within the entire swimming organization. I don't know how that thing is put together. I don't understand the bureaucracy, but there's got to be one. There's got to be one. So, again, I know I said I was, I was going to go ahead and get out of here. I thank you for putting up with me, and I'll go ahead and call it right there. Boom, I'm out of here. Y'all have a wonderful day.